everybody. Welcome to Coffee Time at the Water's Edge. I'm Rodney, and we are here with Dr. Stephen Roby, the senior pastor or lead pastor at Water's Edge Church, Virginia Beach. What is up? And we have Pastor Adam Rastetter, the associate pastor at Water's Edge Church. Gentlemen, first episode, actual episode anyways. We had one, but it's the first one. Geeked. Geeked, mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Hey, so first off, just to let you know, we are drinking just regular house coffee. This is not anything special today. <laughs> what a letdown after months of waiting. All this preparation. I'm back this is, in this room. But it is not Folgers. It is not so Maxwell House. Folgers. No, no, it is not Folgers. It is not Maxwell House. This is just, well, actually, it's, it's um, this is um, Blackout Coffee Company, which is a kind of a more family-friendly version of Black Rifle Coffee Company. Mm. Um, and they are a military-owned coffee company. And it is good coffee. That's why I drink it primarily at home now, because it's inexpensive and it's quality. So when I say house blend, that's just what I mean. It's just like a house blend coffee. Sounds good. Quality, right. huh? We'll be yeah. the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mates. But I do make it my way. That's definitely strong. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No comment. <laughs> I like it, Rodney. All right. So if you've watched episode one, we talked a little bit about what our plans are as far as what we're going to be doing. And today we're going to be discussing practical issues within the church. And one specifically that is that we're dealing with or going to be dealing with pretty big time here at Water's Edge. Um, now, I do want to say before we really get started into this topic, just so that the people out there know that this is not to be braggadocious at all, okay? Because there's some people that could take this a little bit different if they're in a church dealing with the exact opposite issue. Um, So just keep that in mind. We're not doing this to be brag, you know, to brag. We're doing this to discuss actual real issues that churches deal with. Um, So that in mind, Steve, what is it that we're really dealing with? Yeah, we um, (laughs) when you ask like, what are the pressure points at Water's Edge right now? What are some of the most pressing issues? And and functionally, like we just don't have enough parking for our gathering on Sunday morning. Um, So we're experiencing a little bit of growing pains. Uh, Seating capacity has reached its capacity. We're looking at how to figure that out with the desire to maintain one gathering right so we're by no means a, a, a huge church we're a very medium-sized right. church um but our seating capacity i think we maxed it when we when we did it for christmas eve at like 225 225 that was with some folding chairs and pulling yeah. out extra mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. so um so that just to give some context there we're not like any big huge church by any means very medium size however um the desire to maintain one gathering means that we need to address our parking first and foremost, um, and then seating capacity. Right. <clears throat> so Adam. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, parking, I think that was our first, you know, we, somebody was out there and they saw it a couple months ago, somebody pulled in, didn't find a spot and pulled out, you know, and you, you hate to see that. Um, right. So we, we thought, well, you know, we only have so many spaces here. We do have a little bit of grass, so um, we thought, well, we're going to put some people in in the grass, get a parking attendant. Right. Um, so we started recruiting for some parking parking attendants. Um, so we have somebody out there to direct people into the grass. We have families who 
really by necessity drive two cars uh, with worship team right. coming early to practice and um, you know different people who need to be here earlier than the rest of the family um, right and so in, in just speaking with with people and just saying hey you know it's it let's let's park on the grass and and that's difficult yesterday with raining cats and dogs and yeah, you know, they bringing all the mud in the church but I was, hey i told malachi he was he he was pulling my car around uh, the outback and i was like put it in sport mode because <laughs> they got the, the outback has the all-wheel drive it's always all-wheel drive and so but it has like this sport mode so when we're like driving on the beach down in the outer banks mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he was like dad how do you put it in sport mode he never messed with that before yeah it's kind of cool yeah mm-hmm. so parking is definitely an issue and uh whenever you're dealing with dealing with parking i know that in the past we've asked people to park in other parking lots and walk in uh and that's specifically for those who i know like on teams and stuff that are that are coming especially if you are driving two vehicles that that's a possibility yeah so that's happening i think uh i got a report from one of our ushers or greeters last week and i think we had 14 cars parked in the grass and we had four cars across the street that were parked over there. Um, and then we had maybe, I think he said, nine or ten spots still available. So we would have been about seven or eight spots short just given that given week. Right. Um, and so that the, the way we're addressing it is, is helping provide a little bit of relief. But ultimately, we need to look at can we expand, you know, the amount of parking that we have here. We have limited land space to use for that. Um, are we going to repave? Are we going to gravel? Or how are we going to address like just expanding that what we can? And then beyond that, what happens? You know, right. what, at what point do we? Uh, you know, the next pressure point then would be the seating, and then it's like, well, do we knock some walls down, lose the office space? Uh, there's a number of conversations that we can have. Can we build up? Can we build out? Right. We're, we're pretty landlocked. Yes, we are. Um, and so on one hand, it's like the practical solution that a lot of churches take. Well, let's just, just start another service that just solves all your problems. Well, theologically, like, I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're pretty convinced of the gathering being, you know, the church being the people that gather together. Right. Now, yeah. that's not to shame anybody that does multiple services. There's very practical um, in for stewardship purposes, reasons that churches do multi-service. But I was I was thinking about like the origin of multi-service and and I don't know if anybody's written about it like historically, but at least in in our lifetime the the reason a lot of churches started doing multiple services wasn't because they were out of space. It was because they couldn't come to any agreement about worship styles, yeah, right. contemporary or yeah, traditional. So like, That's well, right. Yeah, I remember yeah. when churches were considering the idea of, well, we're going to have a traditional service, the first service, and then the second service will have a contemporary service. Well, I think it was the opposite when it started because it was like the generally, you know, and this is not to broad stroke that, but generally speaking it, it's older folks who would prefer the traditional service and younger families would would one of the more contemporary or i think originally it was kind of like praise hymns like in the 80s 90s right. yeah. um and so they because the older folks were generally the tithing families and the financial backing and support of the church that the younger families usually were given that first service. So they're like dragging kids out of bed at seven in the morning. You get the 8 a.m. slot. And so it's like, well, but I'm not sure that just that. Well, I'm confident that that's not a good reason to do multiple services yeah. is because we can't agree on worship style, you know, right. no. and so 
However, there there does come a point where, you know, can we have we maxed our capacity in parking and, and seating in a gathering? What does it cost to expand that? Have we have we reached our capacity in any possible expansion that makes any sense financially? Right. When you look at maybe another space or, or moving, you know, then what's, what are the financial costs of that? We know that's not cheap in Virginia Beach. And no. so I know my buddy's church got to a point where, you know, they had to functionally go to two services and they planted another church already. Uh, they looked at buying another place. They've already done an expansion on their building. And so they're they're kind of down the road further than we are in this. And they're like, we had really no other choice. Well, the problem is, is now they're maxing out both of their services and they're yeah. back to the to the problem again and so it's like we're, we're planting well, another church you brought something up you said you brought up planting churches mm-hmm. um and that is always an option you're talking about 30 possibly 30 families leaving the current church that you're in and going out and planting another church because you you want to start with that kind of number to to give it enough you know i guess enough base to be able to grow from there uh but even that wouldn't be cheap in Virginia Beach, because mm-hmm. even rent right now is not cheap. So renting a space to plant a church isn't wouldn't be as easy as people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a financial side of that too that you have to consider as well. Well, yeah, I mean, so in this, maybe I don't know if we want to go down this hole, but if you think of the church as the the, the gathered people. You know, when, like Paul would write in First Corinthians 11, when you come together as a church or when he addresses the church at, at such and such place, you know, he's talking about the people who gather regularly for worship. Well, functionally, if you're if you're never worshiping together and not rubbing shoulders with each other um, because you're multi-service, then you could make the case. And I know some have. I know Jonathan Lehman makes this case in his book, One Assembly that you're really two churches already. Right. And so then the, the, the space issue is like, well, we plan another church here with its own separate leaders that we raise up that use and kind of like we did with pastor Juan and right. La Iglesia Bautista de la Gracia. It's the Spanish speaking congregation that meets here. That's a separate church, different time slot. Um, and so the question is whether or not, you know, if you plant a church in the same place, how do you how do you just approach that? And, uh, it would have to be completely uh, yeah. separate leadership. I mean, you would you would have to do it as a separate complete. You know, yeah. if you understand what I mean by that, uh, simply so it would be functioning as a separate church, mm-hmm. but that would just be so difficult. It would even even you think Sunday morning is traditionally you know, people are just accustomed that this is the time we gather. You know, I, it's not not to say that it has to be that, but well, well, not would. just that, but. As as one group of people who know another group of people passing ways in the in mm-hmm. the door, yeah, would be just that would just be weird to me. Well, we experienced that a bit at, with COVID, <laughs> yes. you know, having high risk service and had a small number of people come to a nine o'clock mm-hmm. service, and it it did seem like there we we saw that there was some disconnection, you know, between the two when we came back together. It was like don't know everybody you know there's you know quite a it it creates challenges yeah Mm -hmm. now what about as far as like expansion of the building well we one of the things that we've done is we've in our december members meeting we did approve um several thousand dollars that we have in the bank to be used for consultation 
on what that could look like structurally. What can we do? Is there any way to increase capacity? You know, cause we're, I think our elders are pretty much, very much in agreement that we want to maximize the one gathering as much as we can yeah. before we have to consider other options. And, and in doing that, like we need to know what can we knock down? <laughs> where <laughs> can we build? Yeah, how much is this going to cost? Does this make sense? You know, um, and I, and I think just with with all of these things, you have to be a little bit delicate because on one hand, it's a very transient community, so it's not yes. uncommon for us to send out a number of families throughout right. a given year. Yeah. And so that's why one of the reasons we're slow to, you know, make any drastic changes is we want to make sure that the the growth that we've experienced over the last couple of months is something that's going to be sustained for a long period of time. Right. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not, you know, going to divide the church in a way that, you know, several months down the road, it's like, well, there's, we've lost all this momentum, you know, that I, I think you have to just kind of be sensitive to how God's growing us and, and really seek his, his guidance and the spirit's guidance and how we do this. And, kind of just think through all of the implications of each one of these little changes. Cause not all of these are temporary changes. Mm-hmm. Some of them would be leave very permanent marks on the resources that we have. Yeah. I, I know you brought up plant churches. Um, and one of the things being a part of a couple plant churches in the past, uh, this area, Virginia beach is very difficult for plant churches, not just because of the cost of rent of a space, but also because of what you mentioned there with it being a transit area because of the amount of military we have. Um, You will receive several members and then you'll have the same month, several members leave and transfer out of area. And it it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult because people aren't permanently here a lot. So there's very few of us like myself that retire (laughs) in Virginia beach. So so yeah, it is transit. It is makes it does make it difficult to nail down what are the numbers going to projected out look like or anything like that. Um, I know we don't like to necessarily look at numbers so much, um, but just to say whenever even whenever you're making financial decisions, that matters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to speak to that, I I thought of this too, and um, our community group kicked off very large, and we were able to to split and, um, have, have more leaders who are able to, to lead community groups. And that, that's a fantastic thing. So God, I think God is blessing us with, um, people who are spiritually mature also who are, who are coming here and looking for depth. Um, just it's our, our think our style of walking through books of the Bible and people are, are looking for expositional preaching and digging deeper and, um, that has helped, but something that was interesting in this large group, 28 people, only two, like his own only two <laughs> men were not in the Navy or, or military. I should say two people were not in the, in the military, me being one of them and, and Noah Wiles and the rest, <laughs> you know, we're looking around. These are all military yeah. guys. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, to your point, you know, Military does move people around. And it's, yeah, yes. I just think we that's one of the unique things to our context that makes us, you know, have to. It's just another thing we have to think about when we're looking at 
having to potentially start a second service or even spend investing a, a lot of money in an expansion or even considering relocation or anything like that down the road. It's like, is this going to be sustainable growth? How, and the Lord is growing our base of people that are committed to this area and, and here long term. And so all of that, are, these are all good, good problems to have. And I think okay. we've acknowledged that when we, um, so one of the very practical things that we did was uh, the elders got together and our chairman drafted a a letter to send to all of our members. And that just was to, to kind of set the tone for let's approach this as, as a season of blessing that the Lord is giving us right now. And let's include our members in the solutions of this, which we always want to right. do anyways, right? And so it's like, well, let's come with a missional mindset. What can I do? that may be of an inconvenience to myself in order to, you know, be hospitable to all of the guests that we have right now. Um, so we first, we talked about parking and then of course we talked about if you can carpool, carpool, if you can park in the grass, if your car allows that, do that. Right. If you can park across the street, do that. All of that's good. Right. And then we talked about seating, you know, be, be willing to scooch in. Don't, yeah. don't be so tied to like your, your pew or your, your chair, um, you know, be willing to follow instructions when you see new, new people there, go introduce yourself, invite them to sit with you, scooch in, you know, yeah. right. And don't, don't feel like you, you know, are coming just to be served, but come to serve. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I think that was helpful. I think we our our members obviously have responded, responded well to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've been able to stand up a, a team of volunteers who are out there directing traffic and helping people find parking spaces and all of that's been really positive. And I think getting more people engaged thinking about that on Sunday morning, it's like, well, this is that the church is not the building, the church that we are the church, right? The, the group that is assembled in the covenant community together, yeah. worshiping the Lord, you know, um, the building is our house though. It's right. the house of the Lord that we steward. And so when, when we have guests in our house, we want to make sure we're hospitable. So it's made us step up our game and ushering yeah. and greeting and, and parking Definitely. And attendance and whatnot. And so that's been a good thing. It's a good, yeah. been a good positive change for us. Well, it's also given other people a place to serve also within the church. Yeah. Um, we're seeing that with people who volunteered to be out there helping with parking and stuff like that. And so that's not a bad thing, uh, especially when people are wanting to serve. They just don't know where. There's that gives them an option yeah. to start. And I've always said it, you know, the most important people you have serving in your church are your hospitality team. I think most of the time, uh, I know when Nikki and I first came here, it was one of the first things we noticed of how friendly and, and host, you know, how, how open the, the, the congregation was here. So yeah, you always remember who greets you at the door that first time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's a credit. I, I think our people are, are doing so well. I, I was talking with, someone who's new to the church, probably coming for four or five weeks and went to introduce them to another, another person. Oh, we did karaoke last night. Uh, yeah, we're, we're good friends. We had, they Such over at the statement. house. Yeah, it was oh did karaoke last night. Okay. I guess you guys know each other. That's great. That's so funny. But, but yeah, so, you know, whenever we talk about expansion it's always it's always a difficult subject because of people don't always think i think people don't always understand the the that there's more things that can be done other than just building and stuff like that 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 and even doing two services we you know 
can be kind of an awkward thing because now who's going to decide to come to the first service? He's going to decide to come to the second service. Um, how is that going to split up the church? That's all never a good thing. Yeah. So, so I, I just want to make a point about that. That may seem foreign to some people because it's so like common. Churches just do multiple services. And I, it may sound odd to someone that, that's listening to this to think, well, why would they be against doing two services? It's, it's not that we're fundamentally against it. It's, I think it, it redefines the church in a way that, biblically speaking, may change. Like, you, you have to think through the implications for your membership. You have to think through the implications of what it means to gather around the Lord's table together, the ordinances, all of the implications that that, that would have ecclesiologically which is what makes me sort of lean towards the position that if multiple services really and functionally are multiple churches, you're just having pastors pastor two churches at the same time. And I know churches do things and that's all well-intentioned, right? It's not, let's not to shame anybody that disagrees there. You can make the case and me and my buddy, you know, I have some friends that definitely push back on that, but I think there's, you do something, the community changes when you're, meeting in multiple services versus the singular unifying gathering where we come around the Lord's table together as members of the body of Christ together. So there's a lot of ecclesiological arguments and considerations that I think are too quickly glossed over when churches make those decisions. And, so we desire yeah. our, our members to know one another, right? As we pray through the directory, you know, we're, we're praying for one another. You know, if it's somebody who goes to the other gathering. Well, we fundamentally believe our members have a responsibility and accountable to one another. And yeah. that's very difficult when you've never rubbed shoulders with, yeah. with persons. And it's not that you know everybody equally is, you know, where where is that point where you can't do mm-hmm. that functionally, yeah. you know, and it's, I think there's, there's a lot of things to consider that I, I just wanted to give that as a caveat of like, so that may seem foreign to people like, well, why would they even think that? Uh, but there's some biblical considerations there that I think we, we too hastily have made some practical decisions without thinking through the, you know, biblical theological foundations of that. Right. Right. So Adam, do you have anything that you want to add to this? <laughs> Not really. I, I, I think just, um, I mean, is it, when I think about you started off, you know, just saying, you know, it's it, some churches are are doing everything they can to, you know, bring more people in. They need that. Um, I mean, for for us, I mean, it's just. God's goodness, you know, just, I mean, I, I really feel yeah. like God is, um, doing something here and, um, there's a lot of, um, it, when you think of, of growth in numbers, it, it brings excitement, but, um, we want to ensure that this, this growth is, is healthy and that we are, you know, gaining depth and, able to able to um, minister to people and, and bring them you know meet them where they are and get them get them deeper and deeper um well, i think in relationships br- with one another with the lord i think you bring up a good point and mm-hmm. that is to ensure depth mm-hmm. that uh, when you when you are a growing church we got to remember that that's a god thing not you know a necessarily a a, a thing that we're doing to make that happen mm-hmm. 
Um, because I think it can, be, it can be very easy for us to start looking at numbers and say, oh, wait a minute, our numbers went down. What are we doing wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's, that yeah. can be a trap. I've never really played that game, though. Because I, I, yeah. it's like, <laughs> like, you can do a lot of things to attract a crowd, and not all of them are God-honoring. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I heard somebody say one time, it might have been in those old Elephant Room debates. I don't know if you guys are familiar with oh, the yeah. Elephant Room. Matt Chandler or somebody was like, he's like, dude, you can start a fight in the parking lot and draw a crowd, <laughs> but, <that's, laughs> but I'm not going to start that kind of ministry. Yeah, you know, right. some church is to try that. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> fight, fight. But, there, but you, you get the point though. Right. It's like, you, so that no, like sheer numbers is not an indication of growth, but we're talking about a biblical concern for, for spiritual growth in each individual. And so as numbers increase, we want to, do our very best with with what God has given us, and and even recognizing our own limited co- leadership capacities. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sure how built I am, you know, for levels of leadership that that go beyond my capacity. And so, one of the things that that I think about is, can we effectively shepherd the people? And that's part of the consideration as well of. You know, as churches get larger, I know there's a lot of different strategies for shepherding people in small groups and whatnot, but we really believe in a plurality of elders who are who smell like sheep that, that really right. are shepherds, um, and not that we're micromanaging. We lead, we have deacons that serve multiple ministries. We do have community group leaders, et cetera. Um, but by and large, like, there is an oversight of, of responsibility given to elders in the Bible that involves giving an account for for the souls of the individuals that are submitted to this local body as members, particularly. And I think that's a weighty responsibility that we should not sacrifice quality for the sake of trying to grow numbers to boost egos, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think uh, we've pretty much covered it. I don't know if we've covered it. We've kicked it around. We've kicked it around, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> definitely kicked it around. I do think that, I, just just to add to this, we, I think whenever we discuss, I think when you when you brought up the idea or the concept of, of leading, being able to, to shepherd a congregation well, I think that that does tend to lead more towards the idea of planting a new church from the congregation you have so that there is still... Uh, the ability for the current leadership to lead properly with the numbers that they have. Because I think when you start growing that number too big, and yes, you can expand and you can have more more elders, but how impersonal then does the actual pastor, the staff become to the congregation? I mean, you look at some of these churches that have thousands of people meeting at them and you go, there's no way. There's no way none in cell phones. My goodness. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. <laughs> but uh, but thousands of people, you can't really shepherd well like that. I personally don't think so. Um, because what's going on, you know, I'm saying with those families that are meeting at your church and you have no clue. You don't even know them by name. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you've seen, we've seen it done on a large level, our model of a plurality of elders at like Capitol Hill, right. for example, but they have 29 elders, Yeah, <laughs> but they know every one of their members, you know? And so there it is, there is a scalability to it, but the Lord has to raise up enough shepherds to, to be able to do right. that. Right. Right. Yeah. Thoughts. 
I'm absolutely. I mean, the the more members you have, the more more shepherds you need um, to be able to really. Um, I mean, we need we need to be personal with with All our right. members and and know them and. Um, couple people can't do all of that so yeah. all right gentlemen i think we've discussed it so if anybody out there if you have not done so yet make sure you like subscribe and click that bell so you know when we release new episodes and uh guys do you have anything last words i think i'm good think you're good you're good good all right see y'all next week love you all and god bless